<laughs> All right, welcome back to the big program. Just awaiting Mark Spector. Duke just said, uh, hope he hasn't fallen into the lake again. It was about, about three weeks ago. Speck was never showed up for the 8 o'clock, then texted at 8, 8.40. Hey, do you still want me on? What <laughs> <laughs> did he say? His alarm clock uh, didn't work. So, hey, we got Speck on. So time now for On the Mark. Brought to you by... Booster Juice. Download the new Booster Juice Rewards app today to start earning berry points for delicious and nutritious smoothies, drinks, and food that will get you through the day. I could use one right now. Might have to go downstairs. Eddie's a little chilled in here. Maybe that'll warm him up as we welcome in uh, Mark Spector to the show. Good morning, Speck, with Kevin and Eddie on, this morning. Boy, we got so- we got a little meat in the studio today. Yeah, I see that. Yeah, meat or meat head. <laughs> oh, oh. Is that to me or Eddie? Oh, it had to have been to you. He wouldn't say that to me. No, he's out there, boys. Just throwing it out there. Oh, boy, Speck. Oh, boy. How, you've got... Hey, what's going on? Wait a second. Yeah. What's going on with this Bethel Thompson coming to town? What's happening? Ah, uh, you know how it is. The Lots... don't need a quarterback. They got one. Uh, in Trey? Yeah. Yeah, but you know in this league you always need two. You need two, especially if Trey, he's young, mobile guy, so you're going to open yourself up to taking a couple more shots. So you got to have two. They're not going to pay McLeod Bethel-Thompson as a number one. You can't do that. Wouldn't? No. Is he, is he coming in as a backup then? He's coming in to back up Trey Ford. No, they're always going to say competition, but, I mean, the contract will tell you everything. That's that's what I'm saying. If they bring him here, it's all in the numbers, and you'll have to see if they are giving him a significant sum up front. Uh, that's going to be alarming if you're Trey. Hmm. Like, they've been waiting forever to have a guy that sells tickets, to have a, <laughs> a mobile, fun quarterback that can – you know, he's on I his wouldn't, way. Looks like I wouldn't do it. What are we it. doing here? Why aren't we just playing this guy? What What are we trying to make it better here? We're bringing in a, a some guy from somewhere else because we finally got the guy we want. And now we're going to put him on the bench. Like, what's going on here? Yeah, I, I don't think they're going to do that. I I don't think knowing CJ and having some conversations with him. You can't sewer yourself like that because in reality, Trey is the only spark of light that this franchise has had in the past two years. That's it. He's brought you the only victories as a head coach uh, that's keeping you alive. I mean, yes, you got another year to prove yourself, but you can't go away from Trey. You can't. It'd be suicide if you were doing that. Hmm. Okay. As you said, said, Speck, and we talked about it at the 7 o'clock right off the top of the hour, Trey Ford was one of the few reasons people went to the games the last little bit. Yeah. Oh, I'm only one of the few reasons I watch the games myself. Like I, I yep. love this guy. He's a, he's the beginning of a new beginning here in Edmonton. He's, I said on this show, right when you guys started, like the marketing campaign should all be around this guy all winter. They should keep him here. He should be dropping pucks at Oilers games. Like teams would kill to have a guy that not only was, looked like a star quarterback possibly but plays the game in such a fashion that you want to go watch him learn you know i want to watch this guy mm. and now they got him and they're trying i don't know i hope they're not trying to replace him but what do i know all of their wins came after they made the switch from cornelius yeah. to ford and then of course they made the switch uh, at offensive coordinator too all that success came after ford was their quarterback you can't go away and from that and they're spending a hundred grand to let cornelius go why yep. you just keep him as your backup? Nah, because there's probably better options out there. 
Okay. He he has well. he I I was a staunch believer in Cornelius, you know, and I thought cuz he's got all the he's a prototypical quarterback, tall, cannon arm, mobile, but it just you see the body language and I've you've heard me talk about it with the Oilers too. Body language is everything and especially when your quarterback who's supposed to be your leader has this mopey you know, dragging around type syndrome. That That's terrible body language on top of him throwing the ball into the turf five yards short of his receivers. You know, that, that doesn't bode well. So, you know, keeping him around does nothing. We've seen this experiment for two years. It's not going anywhere. And he's got a high contract. So bite the bullet, pay the 100K, as opposed to paying him the 300 plus K that you'd have on the bench. Okay, well, I'll just keep on with my bad takes, and maybe Kev will pay me a hundred k to go away too at some point. <laughs> you might get, you might not even get a hundred bucks back. <laughs> so you know, the Oilers had their skills competition last night, Speck. You've got what do you have? A retriever? Your dog? What is it? I got a golden retriever. Yep. How old? No. Uh, he's a six-year-old Goldie named Wrigley. Okay, now, you know, you saw the Oilers players and some staff have their dogs out on the ice yesterday, last night, for the skills competition. Would Wrigley be able to go in that? Oh, I would. I guess so. I wasn't watching. What, what, well, were the skills, what were the skills they had to do? Basically, they put a dog out at, you know, one part of the ice, and the master is at the other end calling the dog, and the fastest dog yeah. down the runway gets first prize. Uh, Connor McDavid's oh, yeah. dog... I guess steered off the the runway. Cody Cece's dog had the fastest time last night. That little uh, bulldog, I saw. Yeah, yeah, Boston Terrier, terrier or whatever. Yeah, Boston Terrier or something. Yeah, well, oh yeah, Wrigley do that, especially if there's a frisbee involved. I got one of the only Goldie frisbee catching Goldies around. So sure, why not? If your dog can't run from one end of the ice to the other, like. What the hell? He's a dog. What's going on here? <laughs> oh, but anyway, I think the the fans had a lot of a lot of fun last night. Now back to business. Uh, Ottawa here tomorrow night. Senators. What else is new? Lose last night. Another loss for Ottawa in Seattle. Four one. So they make the trek to Edmonton today. I would imagine and uh, get ready for tomorrow's game. How about this? Eddie Steele did a little mini in or are you out with a spec at a little bit of a break that we had before Charleston Hughes. Oilers have never won 10 in a row. They've got Ottawa, then they go on the road for three. Could this be 10 in a row? I know you're looking ahead of ourselves, but the game yep. set, the game's set up nicely for them. What are they at right now? Six? Six, yep. Okay, well, they'd have to sweep on the road. Uh, it's pos- I think, they're, I think they're, their longest winning streak is eight, isn't it? Nine. Oh, it's nine. I'm sorry. I thought it was eight. Okay. Yeah, sure. You know, talk to me if they beat Detroit. They they tend. I haven't been to Detroit a lot lately, mm-hmm. but even though Detroit hasn't been a good a good team, last couple times I've been there, the Oilers lost in there. Um, and then you get Montreal on a Saturday night, and uh, I'll tell you what. If you're telling me you got to go to a game in Montreal at the Bell Center on a hockey night in Canada and see a uh, team record broken, I'm the man for the job, man. Let's do it. <laughs> I'll see you there. <laughs> we were talking yesterday at the rink spec. Stu Skinner had some great comments, and just the fact that. You have a goaltender that is very, very well-spoken, talks on game day, local guy. I mean, he checks off a lot of the boxes when it comes to, you know, just being that guy that you can go to and expresses what he is feeling and what the team is feeling. 
Yeah, I think it's it's about confidence. You know, the I mean, the reason guys are often bad quotes or don't want. You remember the early Connor McDavid years? I mean, we interviewed him a million times. He never said a darn thing. It's confidence. It's it's I'm ready to let my opinion stand. And if there's any blowback, I'm confident that I, I feel like I'm right. And I'm in a space where I'm free to give my opinion. And there's a lot of players out there who go, hey, man, not my job. Let the big boys give their opinions. That's not what I'm doing. So I'm impressed with a sophomore goalie, a younger second year NHL guy. You know what? He's confident in himself. He's He says what he thinks. Uh, he says it the right way. He's very good in front of the cameras. He's, uh, I love the fact after that Tampa game, everybody in the building knew that if he wouldn't have let a couple of those softies in the third period, they might have won. And the first thing he did when he came out in front of the press was said, I cost us that game. I should have had those two pucks. So a lot of guys don't have the confidence to say that. Eddie, you've been in some dressing rooms. I'm sure you've had some bad games where you thought, if I'd have made a play or two, it might have swayed the decision. But it's not that easy to stand up in front of those cameras and say, hey, I take blame for this loss. It's my fault. No, it's it's not. And actually, it's pretty amazing that you guys are even just talking about this subject because here we are. I was just prepping for today and a little bit of a break between the games, and I figured you would have beat last game to death by now. So I was thinking yep. of different random questions to ask you, and I was actually – I had written down. I was going to ask you, why are hockey players such robots in their interviews and if you're seeing any change with it? <laughs> but you, you answered that. It, it's confidence because we see it so much in the hockey culture, you know, guys who just don't open up at all. But with Skinner, you know, level-headed – good leadership, ownership, and it comes down to confidence in the good times and the bad times. I don't know why hockey turned into this sport where nobody wants to stand out. No one wants it to be about them. You know, in football, but this I'm generalizing here, but in football when a receiver catches two touchdown passes, most days he's willing to tell you about how well he played. Mm -hmm. Most guys are willing to stand up and say, yeah, man, I've made that route it was good and i made that catch it was good in hockey a guy scores three goals and all he wants to do is tell you about how great his line mates were i don't get it like i don't know where we how we got to that place uh but that's what hockey players are they don't want to stand out kev i think it's a product of your environment that same receiver that you just said spec that caught two touchdown passes will be the same guy that says hey i'm open i didn't get the ball where where am i how come i i'm not getting my touches i'm not getting this that's the difference. Yeah, I guess one of the bigger things that would be nice to see is just personality, just a little more personality. And Connor, again, very interesting that you're talking about him from when he first got into the league to where he's at now. I was just watching a scrum from the other day, and I thought, man, he's just so open. He's using some nice words. Uh, just You're seeing a little bit more out of him, and it's really nice to see. It's very refreshing. Yeah, he's improved a ton as of probably about the start of last year, year before. Uh, he, you know, I know what was going on with Connor. Connor walks in the league as an 18-year-old, and we all anoint him the new face of the game, and we start asking him questions, you know, things like about rules and things about the league and things about you know big picture questions, and he wasn't confident. Being a you know a nineteen twenty twenty one twenty two year old opining on big league issues and speaking even for his team like it was hard to be a captain at that age because he wasn't he didn't feel like it was his place and today he's older yes. he gets it 
you know, he's been around a long time. He's played, what's he played? 600 games. Mm-hmm. He's got 900 points. Mm-hmm. He's okay now putting it out there. And it's, it took a long time, man. I, a lot of interviews where we didn't get much out of him. And now he's much, much, much better. I But you can say the same with everyone, Speck. Do you remember the time Sidney Crosby came here when he was a rookie? The first media conference was at the Hotel McDonald. Yeah. He came yeah. in there and yeah. he didn't know, he, he looked like he was looking at another planet. You know, he was 18 years old. It's the same yeah. thing. It just takes a while for these guys, you know. And I think I think they do a great job. I'll, I'll, you know, even all the interviews that you do, and I mean, you do way more than I do, Spec. But when I go in and I talk to a guy, I, I'm feeling like James Hamlin is is really good. And Warren Fogle yesterday, I talked to him. He was great. And every time I've talked to Connor Brown, he's been great. Cody Cece's really good. And these, I mean... I, I, there's a certain point where you have to, you want to let some people in, but you're still guarded as well, and that's that's just human nature, I think. Yeah, and I know that you know, us journalists are like have somehow become targets, and people don't care if we're getting our interviews, and and you can't whine online about, hey, that guy never talked after the game, or the fans, you know, and the fans love it. I mean, they love it when Drysaddle throws a question back at Spec. You know, they mm-hmm. love that stuff. And you know what? I don't mind it either. Like, if it's a dumb question, he throws it back. That's part of the deal. And we have a good relationship, and he feels free to say spec. That's a dumb question. That means that you have respect, frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, I, I digress. The point is, uh, we're in there talking to these guys, and some of them are, how would I say, some of them really love to do it. Some of them do it as part of their job, and some guys just aren't armed for it, and that's okay too. Some people aren't public speakers. Look around our world. Some guys, they got to stand up at the company Christmas party and say something, and they lose sleep for three nights over it, and that's okay. It's not built in on every guy to be a spokesman. Yep. Well said. All right, Spec. Big game tomorrow. We'll let you go. I know you got tons of work today. You're going down to the skate today, and you'll be... (laughs) Yeah, I don't not know too much. Ah, yeah, but you still probably got another <laughs> cord. You probably got another cord of wood to chop. Yeah, if you can call what I do a job, I do have to do a job today. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, big guy. Have a great weekend. Uh, we'll talk to you on Monday. Maybe see you on the weekend here. All right, boys. All righty. That's Mark Spector on the mark, fueled by Booster Juice, energized by Booster Juice. You can get the boost you need at Booster Juice. When we come back, Daniela Ponticelli. PWHL, play-by-play, broadcaster, um, writer, morning co-host, Western Hockey League, play-by-play, Prairie Junior football, play-by-play. Radio, Rider Radio. Rider Radio. I don't know if she's going to be doing all uh, a lot of these anymore. Well, I think it'll be tapered. <laughs> I think she's out. Good, in, I think she's yeah, moved she's to, Toronto to Toronto now, right? Yeah, moved to Toronto because she was in Regina for several years. So yeah, yeah. Uh, she will guess with us uh, on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports fourteen forty with co-host Eddie Steele right after the break. All right, welcome back to the big program. Also, playlist Friday. Forgot to mention that last hour. If you want to hear a song, intro, outro, extra, the whole bit, uh, send us a text one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. 401 Time now for the headliner of the day, brought to you by Mr. Rooter. They are sports fans like all of our listeners and are pumped. Sports Talk Radio is back. For all your plumbing needs, go to mrrooter.ca as we welcome in Daniela Ponticelli, now with the PWHL. Uh, Daniela Kevin Carius, Eddie Steele, an old friend of yours on Sports 1440. Welcome to the show. 
Thanks so much for having me, guys. Happy Friday. Happy Friday, Good morning. Yes. Good morning. So you and Eddie do a lot of work together. I've done a lot of work together. Yeah, this is a nice a nice uh, change of pace. I'm usually bothering Eddie <laughs> with questions about the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, and of course we had to just do it over the last two seasons, which started out pretty good, and then by the end of it, <laughs> you're like, what are we talking about now? So, uh, yeah, it's been fun. It's been so great getting to know Eddie the last few years. Mm-hmm. Well, you really have to start doing something something with your career, Daniela. I mean, this is ridiculous. <laughs> uh, yeah. with the, the, the common bond we share, you were in Global in Regina. I was in Global in Edmonton. Uh, you were in the morning show in Regina, among other, th- other things. But can you just tell our listeners what you were all doing, all your job descriptions in Regina before you're heading out to the PWHL here? Oh, gosh. I mean, how much time do we have? we got a lot of time. (laughs) To put it simply, I was in news for for a long time. That was always my goal, my passion. I actually wanted, you know, when I decide to do this whole journalism thing my whole my whole big goal is to be a newspaper reporter i really really wanted to be a newspaper reporter and i still have all the time in the world for newspaper reporters but after doing that for a little bit i kind of found found myself in broadcast so in regina I, i dabbled in a number of things because i wanted to start transitioning to sports and you know thank goodness life finds a way to make things happen for you i i was able to stay in news during the pandemic and that's an important thing because obviously sports wasn't around during that time. So once things started to come back, there were new opportunities and and the hockey uh, sort of shifted in in uh, late 2021 when um, a new app was being launched to promote all the hockey product at the University of Saskatchewan in Saskatoon. So there was a lot of commuting back and forth, Regina to Saskatoon. I, I did work as a morning show anchor in Regina, among many other things. I also did camera work with the riders as a, as a separate thing the year before so the, the transition's been slow and steady and now it's kind of taken off hmm. so Danielle, with the hockey how long have you been calling hockey what's the history on that for you uh, it started with the women's hockey program at the university of saskatchewan a full season on radio and i'm so glad i got my start in radio because you have to talk constantly <laughs> there's, no, there's no dead air there's no filler there's no um you know and then there were times when i wasn't always gifted a, a a color analyst so then you really start to learn how to get creative and how to how to call a game because you have to talk all the time so i, I started in radio and that was 2021 so not that long ago and uh just you know dove headfirst into it loved it got to live and breathe with the team in a lot of ways the weekends that they played who traveled with them. Uh, They were good enough to make it all the way to nationals that year. We went to Charlottetown PEI. So then I got to see the best of the best in youth sports women's hockey. From there, I was also working with the SJHL. I have all the time in the world for the Saskatchewan Junior (laughs) Hockey League. They they allow me to do my first or that, you know, Hmm. were open to me doing my first uh, TV call with them in Kindersley, Mm -hmm. Blizzard, Tuesday night. Everything closes at like 9 p.m., so I think we went and got vending machine dinners after the game, but (laughs) it was great, you know, had a great time with the guys. And so it was building those connections and those relationships. I I was able to do more and more with the SJ, did some of their showcases, their scouting showcases, um, did rinkside work with them. So just kind of kept dabbling in that that hockey space. Another season with the women's program, and then things kind of took off last year. I was able to call all of the games for the women's nationals, in Montreal, uh, TSN, 
gave me a shot with the mm-hmm. IAHF Women's World Championship mm-hmm. in Brampton. So I called eight games alongside Sammy Joe Small. That was pretty <laughs> nice. pretty darn cool. And then uh, called World Para Hockey Championships as well. So started just kind of dabbling in all these different things. I really love hockey. I love football. So, you know, you, you shift in summer, it's football. And then in winter, it's hockey. And this all lined up really well because I had planned this move to Toronto for other reasons. Yeah. Meant like before the PWHL existed, I had this plan in my brain. So I'm just so glad that I'm here with them and it, they're just a great league to work with. I just have to say, it's so funny how you say, I'm just dabbling in different <laughs> things, dabbling. You started calling hockey in 2021 and a couple years later, you're with TSN. Like that's that's remarkable calling games on mm-hmm. TSN. That's that's not just dabbling. That's right to the top. That's that's impressive. <laughs> I, I was not trying to. I'm not trying to downplay that. That is that is cool. I still pinch myself a little bit. I get to call the uh, the U18 at two games for the U18 Women's World Championship mm-hmm. that kicks off tomorrow. It's it's happening in Switzerland, but I'll be calling uh, my two anyway here in in Toronto. And uh, yeah. I, I don't. I don't ever want this feeling to get old. You know, I, I, it's just so exciting, and it's it's exciting to learn about the players. I, I kind of take that curiosity <laughs> from news. That's the that's the through thread through this all. I just I, I love learning about people and and just trying to get better, and it's exciting. Daniela Ponticelli, uh, PWHL play-by-play broadcaster, our guest on the Kevin Carey Show with co-host Eddie Steele on Sports 1440. So, New Year's Day, you get to call the first game in PWHL history with Cheryl Pounder, and that means you get to call the first PWHL goal in league history. What was that like for you? Uh, it, it, you know, I'm just, <laughs> I sort of described it the other day to someone. It was, it was a wonderful, it was wonderful to live it, feel it and, and kind of release it as well, because that's, that's the, you know, the sort of powder keg that's just sidling under there. You know, what's going to happen. You're excited for it, but you also can't overly anticipate it. And you just kind of have to be in the moment, but that that's a big responsibility. And it was kind of nerve wracking, of course. Um, but it, it was great. I mean, Ella Shelton scoring, it, it seemed to come out of nowhere because that's how good she is. She just takes it right off the face off and puts it away. Um, yeah, it was it was just an, an amazing moment. And, uh, yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I'm still finishing with that. I can't believe that was only a few days ago, right? We're on the mm-hmm. 5th of January right now. So uh, thanks for asking that question. But I don't know. There's going to be a lot that hopefully will top that, but that's mm-hmm. forever going to be one of the big moments. So moving forward here, what's your schedule like uh, with the PWHL? Um, how many games are you going to be doing? How frequently are you going to be working games? I'll be calling a lot of Toronto games uh, and plenty of games in Montreal and Ottawa. And so we have a good rotation in, uh, at least on the Canadian side, of play-by-play talent, which is wonderful. Uh, like I said, this weekend I'm, I'm shifting slightly to do the U18s for, for Saturday, Sunday. And then uh, the 13th I pick back up but. You know, got a good a good slate, at least a few a week uh, between Toronto, Montreal, and Ottawa. And uh, we'll see what happens in, you know, February and March and then some of the other exciting things that are happening with the league and, and some of their showcases outside of their regular season as well. Daniela Ponticelli, uh, w- PWHL play-by-play broadcaster, our guest on Sports 1440. So um, coming in to a new league, how... How do you walk that line and how do you balance as a person that wants to come in 
do a great job, but you're still finding your way as a broadcaster. You're working alongside a veteran like Cheryl Pounder. So how do you how do you find that where you're going, I'm not awestruck, I'm still a little nervous, but I want to kind of show that I belong? Well, the best thing is working with someone like Pounder. So I was lucky enough to get to know her. Uh, she was the, the part of the other broadcast pairing, obviously, for the, the World Championships last year for the Women's World. And she's just such a great human, right? And she brings you in, and she's happy to answer a million questions, and we always kept in contact. And, you know, you just you, you cheer for each other in so many ways. And that's, I don't know, I, I'm fortunate enough that around women's hockey, it's supportive, it's collaborative, it's a way to understand that everyone's got a journey and, you know, you, you find yourself in these positions and you just got to meet the moment. That's always what I tell them. You just got to meet the moment. Eddie, Eddie as well, I've, I've taken a lot of your uh, motivational words from our conversations over the years, <laughs> words that you would, you know, try to tell the football guys. And I'm like, I'm putting that away in my brain too. You know, you just got to go out there and, and do your job. And uh, yeah, there were certainly nerves. I'm not going to lie about that, but I'm here for a reason, right? Yeah. So you got to you got to own that, and you got to move forward. And again, I can't thank people like Cheryl Pounder, Sammy Joe Small, Becky Keller, all these amazing women who have laid the foundation and and done so much for the sport that are just so happy to just see it grow. And they kind of wrap you in their arms and just make sure that yeah, you're with us. Come along. Mm-hmm. Who else helped you to get where you are? Who helped you to, I mean, you make a move out to Eastern Canada, and if you want to get into that, you're more than welcome. But who helped you to help, you know, get you to where you are broadcasting? Just mentors, you know, things like that. I'm very fortunate to be surrounded by, again, really supportive people. Um, You know, I I have to give credit to, you know, a young man named Ray Morrison, for for folks (laughs) who know Ray Morrison, great guy. We just happened to work together at Rolco Radio um, back back in the day, and I had started calling play-by-play for roller derby, mm. and uh, he knew that that was something I was passionate about. I traveled to Canada and the U.S. doing it, um, made no money, but loved it, and he saw that, and so he was the one who called me up one day and said, you should apply. You should really mm. apply, put something forward for this new thing that, that's launching, and he is involved with that, but he's not involved with the hiring, right? So he's just like, hey, I think this would be a great idea for you to at least just attempt and try. And I remember sitting there going, geez, I've got a lot on my plate right now. Like, is this something I, I want to pursue? And, and so I did. I'm like, you know what, put, put something together, put myself forward, go through the interviews. But there were always interviews. There were, there were always, you know, things there. I, I, never, that is, I never want anyone to just assume you're, like, given something. That's not how this, this works, right? So... The, the the idea there was, okay, you're going to do this thing. You haven't done it before, but let's work together and mm-hmm. get better. And, you know, in the early days, it was guys like Phil Andrews, longtime WHL broadcaster with the Regina Pats, who, you know, gave me, hey, here's a quick way. Uh, this is how I set up my system for calling a game. Yeah. And then, you know, oh, just, just guys like Chris Cuthbert, you know, <laughs> who are fantastic. And he said, hey, if you, anytime you have questions, and of course, I had lots of questions, you know, reach, reach out. And so there, you can't get anywhere if you don't have that support and that help um, in terms of, of leveling up and getting better. So I'm forever grateful to them. And I feel like I'm, I'm leaving some people out, but even just working alongside 
the folks I got to work with, um, I, I would do color for the past. And so I would call alongside um, just guys who've been doing this for a long time and, and just to, to see how they put things together, how they call things. You just learn by learn through that and just soak it all in. Well, I mean, it's you're off to a wonderful start in your career. I, I started in Saskatchewan in 1990. I worked in pretty well every market in uh, Saskatchewan, starting at CKOS in Yorkton, went to Prince Albert and Regina. I did a lot of work in there, never worked in Regina, but I worked three years in Saskatoon. And uh, you really, it's a place where you cut your teeth. I was lucky enough, and mm-hmm. you mentioned the SJHL, Danielle. I played four years in the SJHL. It's a wonderful place to cut your teeth. And uh, so hardy, and and the people really are so genuine, and they are behind you. If you're on your on their side, you got a you got a fan for life, and I'm sure that's how you feel with your time there. Yeah, I'm so grateful. I mean, Saskatchewan. <laughs> I, I did I did another interview this morning with with some folks in Winnipeg, and they summed it up well. A South African born. Manitoba raised Saskatchewan proud. That is my story, and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna steal it from them because I'm like I I didn't even sum it up that well. But that's really it. I, I sort of always say my affinity is to the prairies because that's where I've lived most of my life, and that's what I know. And so being out here is an adjustment. Like I, I moved on January 3rd was exactly one month since I had moved. So mm-hmm. in all of this excitement, I was still unpacking boxes. <laughs> trying to find the forks and the knives to like have dinner, you know, not out of a out of a takeout container. So it's it's been an, an incredible ride, and yeah, I just I don't want to stop. Obviously, I just want to keep going and just enjoy these opportunities that are here. And the PWHL is obviously a big part mm-hmm. of that, and making those connections with the women's game. Has, has been invaluable. Does the under-18 uh, start with you? Again, you said tomorrow, and that's the game tomorrow afternoon, Canada-Germany? Yes, that's the game to Canada-Germany. Okay. I'm so excited for it. There's uh, some really great talent. I can't get over the fact that the Canadian roster, all but two of their 23 players are already NCAA commits. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them's already playing NCAA hockey because she's that smart. She's not even 18 yet, and she's playing NCAA hockey. Uh, just the, the talent level. And that's not to say, oh, only only the people playing in the States. All of them, obviously, have been playing in Canada and then developing here. It's just tremendous. There's some Albertans. I'm just taking a quick peek. I think just one. Michaela Watson. I think yeah, Ma- Michaela just, Watson just Michaela from, Watson from Brooks, yeah. Brooks, yeah, exactly. But it's still exciting, right? And I, I'm excited to see the growth of the women's game in Western Canada. Saskatoon is a hotbed, but obviously Calgary and, and all around uh, – there has has always been um, big for the women's game too. So we're going to start seeing a lot more Western players make it pro. I think. Daniela, thanks so much for your time today. Uh, continued success, and again, try to do something with your career. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, guys, and uh, thanks for having me on, Eddie. Yeah, all the best, Daniela. That's Daniela Ponticelli and our headliner of the day for Mr. Rooter. There's a reason they call him Mr. For all your plumbing needs, go to mrrooter.ca. Just update the World Junior Championship bronze medal game. Finland leads Czech 5-2 in the second period. When we come back, are you in or are you out? With Eddie Steele, that's coming up on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. That song, this song... That goes out to Bob, our buddy Bob. He's on the road. He, I think he texted in, on the road, play play Can Drive 55. I think that's what he's saying. Uh, Pillman's all over Bob. He's saying Bob has to beat Daniela Porcelli in anything before even thinking about taking on the king, KK. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. All right, uh, 
Time now for Are You In or Are You Out? We had some great times. We're about to have some more. I know that look. I'm putting together a team. Then I'm in. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. Are you in or are you out? On Sports 1440. I'm out. Oh, dookie dookie. Good to have uh, some extra an extra voice back in the uh, in the studio for Interno. We had Schlemmer on Wednesday, but otherwise it's been a it's been a two man game for yes, a couple of weeks here. Here we go. Duke's uh, been dominating me. <laughs> yeah, I think I've been making him too easy. I've been I having, don't know about I've, been that. Ha- I've been having way too many. Uh, both you and Schlemko, I think, were in on every one on Wednesday. That's true. That is very here, so. true. He hasn't been playing those word games on you. Hopefully, well. hopefully we can uh, get a little a uh, little more stirred up today. Uh, this day in 1886, strange case of Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde was published. Uh, no team in the NHL this season has better represented the theme of that play better than the Edmonton Oilers. Do you want to go first, Eddie? I can go first. Take with the honors. Kev. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go. I am in on this. And if you go back, the Oilers start out and not start out. Basically, I think in the last 27 games, I hope I have this right. And I just looked back in the notes, but Eddie, I looked back in the notes. Saul 76. Saul 76. Uh, back then, it was the last 21 games that I had written down. Lost four in a row, won three in a row. Lost three in a row, won eight in a row, lost three in a row. And I'm assuming now that would be win six in a row. Yep. I don't think you can get more Jekyll and Hyde than that. I was talking to Warren Fogle yesterday about how you balance that. How do you ride the waves and, and the low points, the high points, and how that they haven't been able to experience that win one, lose one, win one, or win two, lose one, because you never want to be doing that. That's not enough to make the playoffs. So I'm going to go, yes, I am in. No team in the NHL this season. Better representative, the Jekyll and Hyde mantra than the Edmonton Oilers. Summed up so well, and I'm going to be in exactly for the reasons you said, and all I put down was the highs and the lows, the good and the bad, the Dr. Jekyll, the (laughs) Mr. Hyde. I'm in. All righty, number two, final week of the NFL season is uh, kicking off tomorrow with a pair of games on Saturday and the rest on Sunday. Uh, Come Sunday night following the uh, conclusion of Bills and Dolphins, these teams will be in a playoff spot. The Houston Texans, Buffalo Bills, Pittsburgh Steelers, Seattle Seahawks, and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, it's another tough one. That's a lot of teams in there. Yeah, but if you look at who they're playing, uh, it's all. If these are all win and in situations, it's all very doable for each team here mentioned. Uh, but for one selfish reason, uh, I would like to see Baltimore beat Pittsburgh. Why? Um, just for a financial gain. <laughs> so, I, 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 oh. I for that reason, I'm out. What do you mean financial gain? Just so you have the over-under and wins on the season or something? Uh, no, I picked the Ravens. I'd okay. like to see the Ravens. And uh, I picked them early in the week, uh, assuming that they were going to sit players, uh, knowing that. But uh, the odds were nice. And in reality, I I don't think that they're going to just lay an egg. Okay. They're the number one seed for a reason. Pittsburgh, they're such a so-so team with very uh, questionable quarterback play and offensive play this whole season. In Baltimore, play really good defense, even if it's not going to be all their number ones. Huntley has come in before, uh, the backup quarterback. He's come in and he's balled and put up some really good numbers uh, in his career in limited spot duty. So it'll be interesting to see. 
I'm I think that Pittsburgh's going to win that game. I just think because the the resting of Lamar, I think Pittsburgh there's got something going there after the win in Seattle. I think it's Seattle that doesn't make it in here out of this group. So I'm going to say I am out on this night out on this saying that the Texans, Bills, Steelers, Seahawks, Bucks will win. I think the the Steelers will win and the Seahawks will lose. So I'm out on that. Do you, you think the Seahawks will outright lose to the Cardinals, or do you think that the um, Packers will beat the Bears? I think the Packers. Be, that's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Okay. I, you know, so you that's said, what I was saying. If they're all winning in, yeah. So I just think the Seahawks don't get in because okay. I think the Seahawks beat the Cards. Bucks, who mm-hmm. are they playing? Uh, the Bucks. Yeah, they just have to beat uh, the Panthers. Texans um, got the Colts. Yeah. yeah, that like that is a win and in game, but there there is a way where it's not. But for all intents right. and purposes, pa- Packers win, and and it's going to be the Bucks. Bucks are going to win, you would think, right? Bills, yeah. Dolphins, though. Here we go. That, that's, that's a game. That's, that's, that's the that's biggest one because even if the Bills lose, they can get in um, based on some of the other uh, like the AFC South and stuff. Like the the big one here, of course, is Jacksonville not being in the mix. I mm-hmm. think they lose and do not get in, which opens the door for the Steelers if they like the nice thing is that that's the first game of the weekend mm-hmm. so we know right away whether or not the Steelers because there is some I, I had it up in front of me yesterday I don't have it right now there is some really backdoor way that the Steelers can get in even if they lose um it's very difficult and I think it also re- it also results in like maybe one game being a tie or something I can't remember exactly but they can't get in even if they lose I'm not sure they win this game on Saturday but the fact that the Ravens are like it's a nothing game for them I, it increases the Steelers' chances so much. So I'll uh, I'll I'll be rooting for the Ravens on, for your sake, Eddie. But I uh, I do think the Steelers still have a, a decent chance. And then I mean the Texans. I'd be I worried about the, your Texans. More I have than them anything. beating the Colts as a as a selfish pick. Yes. I do think that they're a overall better team than the Colts. Um, their run game is not as good. Obviously, they don't have Jonathan Taylor, but Devin Singletary has been a, a very pleasant surprise mm-hmm. with the kind of letdown sophomore season of Damian Pierce. Mm-hmm. So uh, moving on to number three. NHL All-Star rosters, or the beginning of them at least, announced last night. The uh, first 32 players, one from each team. And with that being said, obviously Connor McDavid, the only oiler on that list with one from each club. Uh, it's time for the NHL to do away with the ruling that uh, one each team must have a representative at the All-Star game. You know, I see both sides of this, that you want to have the representation to have your city, your team involved and being a part of the game. But... I'm going to say I agree with this. It's time that the NHL goes away with this. If the all-star team is about being there for the best players, then they should be rewarded, deserved um, going into the all-star game. I, I just, there's some guys on that list yesterday. You go, oh, come on, like Boone, yeah. Jen, Boone Jenner. Let's come on. Let's just, you know, let's just go the other way. But I don't want it to get to the extreme. I saw Connor post that picture. That was back in the day when the coach of the team got to name other replacements and things. You know, too many guys on the Oilers were on that team back in 83 or 2 or whatever it was. Too many. So there's got to be a happy medium, but still have your best players. There's always going to be some guys that are going to be deleted, left off. Uh, but I think the fans want to see the players. They don't want to see the team's best player. Yeah, I think it just lessens the significance of it when you got guys who are on a list who you know they shouldn't be on that list. So yeah, I'm I'm out. I th- or I'm in. I think it is time for them to go away with the the mandatory one, kind of like Bettman's loser points, you know, <laughs> his his all-star his, the, his participation the, all-star exactly, uh, trophies the, the basically. gracious pick. Yeah. Uh, Ottawa Senators in our city tomorrow night for a big matchup with the Oilers as the uh, 
uh, Oil look for their seventh win in a row. Senators mired in another disappointing season. Uh, last couple, we've been expecting them to kind of turn the corner and turn into a team that not only competes for a playoff spot, but uh, even beyond that. Not happening, though, so I'm saying uh, by uh, not necessarily the end of the season, but maybe off season, the Senators will be trading one of their 25 or younger core pieces uh, as a as an effort to shake things up and uh, change the direction of the franchise. This has been your best question of the year. Wow. It's your best question well, of the year. Well, we're only in we're only early on, one. We're only on day three. Day three. So. <laughs> I was waiting for someone to catch that. But I'm going to go, I agree with this. I am in on this, Duke. I just think that right now this is a franchise that felt it was doing all the right things under Pierre Dorian. Then they made a lot of mistakes away from the ice, well-documented, make a coaching change, make a GM change. Uh, Steve Steos, now the GM, maybe needs, needs to make a bit of a splash, decide what he wants to do with one of these guys, who it's going to be. Maybe it is a guy, if he's healthy, maybe it's a guy like Thomas Shabbat on defense. Maybe it's a guy, well, he's healthy now, but maybe it's a guy like Josh Norris. Those are the guys that I would look at, I guess, out of the top five that you're saying. But make something happen. The team's going nowhere right now. Got to make a splash. Do it. I'm in. Some nice contracts there, too, for those guys. You know, really nice-looking contracts. Uh, so you are able to move them. I'm in because... Look at the past three years. It's been essentially the same. There's been this optimism. They come out, slow starts, and then season's over before you know it. And it's been the exact same story. So uh, what's the definition of an, of insanity, fellas? You know, just repeated behavior, same thing, same results. And they're doing that with this roster. So something's got to happen. I'm in. All right, final one for us on a feel-good Friday. This one uh, kind of to top of mind because the weather is finally starting to turn a little bit here. Uh, we've been very blessed so far this fall and winter with great weather, lack of snow. People may be thinking about uh, warmer destinations, including Seattle Kraken's all-star nominee, uh, Oliver Bjorkstrand. Maybe the most disappointed somebody has ever been getting told they're an all-star because he's going to have to cancel his holiday trip to San Diego and head to Toronto Where was instead. He, was he going to go to the zoo or what? Well, I mean, hey, that's a pretty popping spot it's to a check great out, I place, think. great place in San Diego. All this to say, <sighs> I'm, uh, I'm saying that uh, going on tropical or warm weather vacations in the summertime for us here in Edmonton is it doesn't make any sense. You should only be going to destination vacations like that when the weather is cold. That's what you're escaping. You want to go? I'm in. I'm in. I've never actually gone on a tropical warm weather vacation in the summer. I've never done because it Because it doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, Our summers here are so nice. Yeah. The majority of my life, you know, my summers have been spoken for in season. So, True. you know, those summer vacations weren't a thing. But even now, five years out, I've never because no need. Again, there is no need. I'm out on this one. I just love the summers here in Edmonton. Yeah, beautiful. I think if you... Next time I talk to Matthias Ekholm, I'm going to ask him what he thought about the summer here because it was his first summer here last year. He spent summers in Nashville, obviously in Sweden as well. What he thought about, you know, in June, light out till 11. Mm. And you know that too, Eddie. All all the players that come up from the States that, that end up staying here even, uh, that played for the double E, they can't believe how light it out 
Love it. They, they, love, love they, it. they can't believe in, in June that it's, you know, you're walking around at 11 and you can still see. Literally. The it's sky. like sunset. Yeah. 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 I love it too. So, yeah, I'm out. I'm out. Uh, you're out. You're in or you're out? They don't make any sense. Okay. I'm and he's in. I'm in. And he's I'm in. Sorry. <laughs> I'm out on the vacation. Yes. I'm, yeah. I'm in on it. And we got, here's the most important one. We just had a new ad here. The Duke uh, Crotch sends this one in. Are you in or are you out? Connor McDavid is the second best Edmonton athlete to wear number 97. I, I always tell people he had to ask me for permission. <laughs> did, he have, did he have to gift you, gift yeah. you a rollie or something? <laughs> no, no, I wish. Yeah. I wish. That's, that's a good one from Crotch. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's funny. At least he, know, he knows yeah, what I, number hey, you are. I appreciate that. Yeah, he does. Was there a reason you wore number 97? 97? No, no. I uh, wore it in college and... Um, yeah, it was when I got to Hamilton, there was a vet who had 97, mm-hmm. and I was not willing to give him any type of money. We're talking rookie contract CFL, so there's yeah. no money to give. <laughs> and then, uh, so I wore 98 for my three years in Hamilton. And then when uh, Cavis Reed signed me as a free agent, I uh, took 97 and ran with it. What's Cavis up to lately? I haven't seen uh, him for a He's bit. local here. Yeah. He uh, he was involved with one of the junior programs uh, for a little bit, and I'm not too sure. Always that, had that time, you know, if you're if you're passing him by in the hallway or something like that, he good always guy. had time to good stop guy. and ask you how your family was. That's yeah, the yeah, kind of guy. real good man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was. Eddie, what's up on the schedule this week? What do you got? Well, next week, okay, this is a big game for you. Next Wednesday, again, if you missed it off the top, we talked about this. It's quick card minor hockey week. Next week kicks off here in Edmonton. But they've, and we haven't done it for a few years. It used to be a massive thing. We used to do it on Saturdays, and it would be the Oilers alumni against the media. And it was like back in the day, there was a lot of media that played. And then there were, you know, the alumni. There were a lot more alumni that came out. And it was a it was a Texas death match out there. <laughs> I hope so, that's not what I'm getting into. Anyway, next Wednesday, if you got time, it's going to be we're kind of resurrecting this with uh, the Edmonton Hockey Association and Oilers alumni and the media. We're going to be playing a game in the middle of sort of the opening ceremonies for Quick Card Minor Hockey Week uh, next Wednesday, seven fifteen at the Meadows. Anyway, Eddie, dusting off the blades. He's got. Uh, you don't need any equipment. You, like you, you got enough. Uh, I got enough. You, you got enough on uh, equipment natural on you. equipment. Yeah. yeah. I mean, where, first of all, where are we, where are we going to get shoulder pads to fit? This? <laughs> it's a good point. <laughs> Touche. So anyway, if you want to zip out and support Quick Card Minor Hockey Week, we'll have much more. We'll have guests in the studio on Monday as well to talk about Quick Card. And uh, I mean, it's the biggest tournament going. You have, you know, there's ten thousand kids and there's. Uh, there's, I mean, the referees give all their time. So, oh, I mean, nice. they donate. And we're talking That's hundreds awesome. and hundreds of games over the course of, well, Wednesday. Some games start Wednesday to Thursday and then run all the way to the following Sunday with the finals. And I, they're usually a Twilliger. They run all day. So it's it's just a lot of fun. So if you want to come out and see Eddie crack some skulls. Believe it or not, I can I can, yeah, skate you can wheel. Pretty, yeah, yeah, you can yeah, wheel. Yeah, I can. And I'll just, be at the ODR just, tomorrow. Maybe yeah. even today again. Now, do you, do you still have an old wooden sticker? What do you need? Do you need uh... no, no. I'm good. I I don't know the material, but it's not wood. It's, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even. It's not mine. A buddy gave it to me, but it works. What else you got cooking for the weekend? That's it, man. As you can tell by my appearance, I'm still kind of in holiday mode. So. Get back into it, uh, back into the real swing of things here next week and uh, just laying low, Mm -hmm. getting on the ice as much as I can and getting the kids out. And, of course, Eddie Steele brought to you by Bon Ton Bakery. 
It's been an Edmonton fan favorite since it opened in 1956. Their slow and steady approach is a tradition they are proud of, and it shows in their products. You can order online at bonton.ca. Well, Eddie, have a wonderful weekend. Uh, we'll see you Wednesday night. Absolutely. You gentlemen, um, too. It's going to be a good one. Oh, yeah, it is. Uh, we'll have fun. Duke's on the blue line. I think we'll partner up, uh, up with David Schlemko. Are you like a power right way? Are you right shot, left shot? Uh, right. Okay, so we'll need you on the right side. Probably put you on the right side with Min Dariwal from okay. CBC. Okay. He okay. needs all. He needs a little muscle. <laughs> you know, Min yeah. Dariwal. He could have a, a shower and a shotgun barrel. You get a couple yeah. of colored guys together. <laughs> <laughs> I can say it. I can yes, say you it. Can. Yes, you can. Uh, thanks, Eddie. Uh, when we come back, top of the hour, we've got some open time, and uh, we'll also have our ski report. Uh, Alan Popar from AllDolphins.com will also join us at nine twenty, and then we will. Uh, have a one-on-one with Warren Fogel. Before all that, time now for a Sports 1440 update brought to you by Tommy Guns, home of the ultimate grooming experience. Our hot towel shaves are just awesome. And our awesome haircuts and treatments are and were designed for you. Uh, book now at TommyGuns.com. Here is the Duke.